Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 140, You Catch More Flies with Honey. It's November 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and clearly podcaster. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. You catch more flies with honey. Before I tease this apart, I have to give you a few housekeeping notes. Number one, I am still in the rehab facility. If you're following my podcast from my Labor Day accident, although I am expected and plan on come heck or high water leaving tomorrow. The people here have been wonderful. I will definitely come back and visit them. I will talk about them more on another podcast. I'm keeping my location private for my own safety, and I am managing the noise as best I can, uh, working in different areas of the facility for recording. Now, if you happen to be new to my podcast or my content, it's important for you to know that this is not medical or therapy advice. If you need medical or therapy advice, you should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider, of which I'm not. If, as you're listening to this podcast, you are feeling, or you have been feeling, either you are or you have been, feeling suicidal, hopeless, like life is too hard, or your life is just not worth living, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I'm asking you to talk about it. I'm asking you to tell people because there is help available and there's actually quite a bit of help available. If you understood childhood and adult trauma, you might feel better if you're feeling suicidal because there's a correlation between people who have suicidal thoughts, attempt suicide or commit suicide and trauma and uh, abuse and childhood adverse experiences. So get some help if you need it and have no shame. My next piece is if you or someone you love or someone you care about or even someone you work with is in the deaf or hard of hearing community, please let them know or you should know that I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, which is rss.com. The transcript for this podcast will be up posted within 24 hours of this podcast being live and that's also transcripts are helpful for people who are hearing people but they um, they're available for you now and oh also (laughs) you can go to my website and enter my giveaway I'm not actually having my IT guy pull the winners names and notifying them until Uh, after January 2024 because I'm still not walking and I can't be by myself so I'm limited in some activities and having getting my prizes pulled and shipped to notify is just not a high priority 
Okay, you catch more flies with honey. Oh my heavens, well, first of all, first of all, I am asking you to keep an open mind about this topic because some people have a visceral reaction to the idea that you catch more flies with honey. So what actually is the phrase? The phrase is, do you know it? You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Now, this is an idiom, meaning it's a kind of a representative uh, phrase that doesn't necessarily represent what you think it represents. Um, so, and interestingly enough, I sometimes like to look at the origins of phrases to see how long have we been saying this? It's not so much like um, fascination, but it's really a curiosity. How long has the phrase, you catch more flies with honey than, than with vinegar, been in existence and use? Well, actually, some people will tell you it goes back to uh, 19, or 1666 with this Giovanni Triano or Ben Franklin in 1774, but if you really do your digging and check it out, you will find 1 Peter verses 3, 8, or chapter 3, 8 through 12, you catch more flies with honey in, in the Bible. So this has actually been a phrase that's been recycled and reused for, since the beginning of time. So what does it mean? What does it mean to catch more flies with honey than with vinegar? Well, it could mean that you make more progress or you get more re results if you are thoughtful and kind rather than being mean or demanding. Honey is sweet, vinegar is sour. So inherent in the phrase is you will get more results or get further if you use sweetness rather than being sour. And also inherent in, the, in this idea is that there might be a problem, an issue, some tension, some anger, some upset, hostility, passive aggressive anger, or negativity, or you might even be dealing with a sinking ship. So there's a wide range of situations that this might apply to. Now, I think it's a great operating principle for life. Like this is one of my standard operating principles, one of my SOPs, to, to be sweet and to be kind because you don't know what people are dealing with and there's no reason not to be kind. Well, there are reasons for some people not to be kind because they're not, that's not their temperament. So it might mean holding your temper or letting things go if you're the kind of person who gets angry or gets hurt easily or doesn't let things go. And by the way, I am not unilaterally saying let everything go. That's too broad of a statement and not something I would, I would recommend or say. You always have to look at the context and the history and all of the factors that are going on before you make decisions like that because you do want to make your decisions and process your emotions based on rational thinking, facts, history, and all of the things that I talk about in my emotional processing workbook, which is free, and I will come back to that, maybe, maybe not. So we do have people who will never let things go, and we actually have people who will never apologize when they make a mistake. Now, I did not, I did not realize that until uh, I met this woman, and she actually had come by my house, and as she was walking in the house, I don't know what we were talking about, but somehow she said, oh, well, I don't ever apologize. Why would I ever apologize? I said, well, you apologize when you make 
make mistakes or you, you do something wrong or you have, you know, like, and she's like, well, I don't make mistakes. I don't get anything wrong. And I thought, oh my gosh, who is, who is this person? Only to find out later, much later, because I'm wired differently than lots of people, apparently, that there are plenty of people who will never apologize, who will never admit they made a mistake, who will not let things go, who carry grudges, who keep score, you know, tit for tat. There's plenty, of, there's a good pool of people who engage in that and don't use honey, they use vinegar. So you will use more, you will get more flies with honey might mean, it might mean changing something. And by the way, the newer way to refer to people who, who are like this is by calling them Karens. Um, you know, Karens can be mean, they can be rude, they think the laws don't apply to them, they think all kinds of things. But being uh, kind and being and go, operating where you're going to go through life with more sweetness or honey does not mean giving up your boundaries. I do not ever recommend giving up your boundaries. Now, if you're the safe person, for your child or your sister, brother, mother, father, cousins, somebody at school, what have you, friend, you might have to, you know, deal with the fact that you're the safe person. And, and you might have to really work with that because being the safe person, it first of all, it's like a sacred space if you're the safe person. But it can mean some really hard stuff for you if you're the safe person. But I typically don't ever recommend or see the idea of when you should give up your boundaries maybe to be safe on occasion if you're in a domestic abuse. And it does not mean not being assertive either. For some of you, having a more honey sweet disposition might mean giving other people the benefit of the doubt. It might mean admitting that you made a mistake or it might mean giving people the benefit of the doubt. It might mean giving people a second chance if they made a mistake. It could mean being more forgiving or forgiving. It might mean not keeping score. It might mean ditching jealousy, resentment, envy, definitely revenge. And it might mean taking the high road. I'm a fan of taking the high road. Trust me, I am a big fan of taking the high road. And I I, could, I actually have a whole podcast about that, so you, you'll know exactly how I feel about that if you go back to that one. So for me, this is how I do life. I believe in being kind and loving and generous and sweet and compassionate to other human beings. That's what I believe. That's how I operate. And it can be difficult when people aren't nice to you. Some people want to stoop to their level. No, you do not stoop to other people's level. Be kind, be compassionate. You will not regret it. That's and that's a choice, by the way. You can choose to be vinegar. You can like take your vinegar all over. See how that works for you. Which is the next question is does it work? Well, I have to say, this is a great question. So when you look at whether something works, sometimes we look at the research, sometimes we look at the the longevity of an idea or a concept. So clearly I already told you that this concept of getting more flies with honey than vinegar has stood the test of time. Things that don't stand the test of time typically don't get traction, typically don't go so far. And I could give you plenty of examples, but I think that's that's enough said. So for myself, having this been having this as an operating principle from a young age, I can say it almost 
always works with the exception. I'll get into some exceptions. There's a few people or situations where you will not, this will probably not be a wise idea, probably something that you don't want to do. So I think from a longevity standpoint, given that this comes right out of the Bible, it's past the test of time. Now, the question is, would it work for you? And what do you have to lose? Well, first of all, if you go into anything with a negative attitude, it typically won't work. <laughs> I will say more about that when I give an example. But what do you have to lose? Well, I don't, I think you could do a Ben Franklin pro-con list and decide for yourself, what do you have to lose? I don't know what you have to lose, but in my opinion, there's, there's like, this is a low risk type of thing. So what does it look like when you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar? I'm gonna give you three examples. One work, um, one personal, and actually kind of two, but we could do any other examples. So number one, uh, this deals with an upset with a physician. Oh, interesting, right? <laughs> Who might have, might have made a mistake and then might have not taken responsibility for their mistake. So instead of getting into an argument and a he said, she said, the person using you get more flies with honey, in this instance, took some candy up to the physician and the physician's, physician, uh, uh, physician's assistant to say, we got off on the wrong foot. How about if we get a do-over, start things better? Now, most people, when they've made a mistake, if they don't have high anger skills, it's not unreasonable or unusual, they will be passive aggressive. If they're not self-aware and they don't have high emotional intelligence, they can be downright problematic. They can, it can be pretty ugly. They've made a mistake, instead of owning it, they project onto you like you're the problem even though they're the one who made the mistake. So in that instance, you know, only a really bad doctor is going to be a jerk about it. Reasonable people are going to go, oh, wow, sure, let's do a do-over. Now, another example would be, and this is actually from somebody who had a problem at work that was starting to escalate, and I had suggested to them this technique and to just try it and see what happens because things were already escalating and not that hot. So the opportunity was it could interrupt it and cause a shift and make things better. It was unlikely to make things worse. So what was the harm? No harm, no foul. Well, the person that I was suggesting this to was extremely skeptical, but they did it anyway because they trusted me pretty much. And guess what? It worked out phenomenally. It went so much better they did come back to me and say oh my god i can't believe how well that worked well it is going to work with most people and i will shortly talk to you about the people where this is not going to work and why so they actually did the candy with uh, somebody they work with where there's been this escalating problem and it was like a whole new fresh start now my next example comes also from like customer service or work where you have an over-demanding, a demanding customer who's being rude and is actually in the wrong. They're not acknowledging they're in the wrong, but they are in the wrong. 
And so one way to bring the honey into this scenario is even though they are wrong, is to take responsibility, apologize, and then explore what can be done to make amends. Now, some people in that case will just like melt in your hand. And the real tough, tough, tough Karens in the world will not. They will just be terrible. That approach is not going to work with every customer, but it will work with the majority. We're talking about the highest majority here. So what's the alternative? Well, the alternative to being sweet is, is really the vinegar. It's in vinegar. You've heard people. So that's being mean, arrogant, rude, condescending, uh, righteous, judgmental, critical. And is that really an alternative? Well, we have people in the world, sadly, who are that. They are arrogant, they're rude, they're mean, they're condescending, they're haughty. They think they are better than other people. And therefore, they may be know-it-alls or righteous. And what they're really doing is they lack self-awareness. They don't see themselves in a true light. They have a distorted view of themselves which could be partially because they're not rational thinkers. And it could be because they have low self-esteem. It could be a number of things. But if you have irrational thinking, so if your thinking is not rational, which is common, then you have a distorted view of life. That means your perceptions, your views, your judgments, your decisions, all of their thinking is warped or flawed. Everything about it. And so that could leave you with a wrong view of something and being more arrogant, haughty, critical, etc. I mean, we, we have some very harshly judgmental, righteous people who would never say, oh, yes, I'm righteous. Oh, yes, I judge people harshly. No, they would not. So, you know, th is this an alternative? Well, this is how some people live. They live this way. They're not kind. They're not compassionate. And it's partially because they're not hip to how they actually come across. So where would, where would uh, you apply this idea? Well, anywhere where you have human beings that are reasonable, that you'd like to have good relationships with. Like, hopefully you'd apply this everywhere, with strangers, in restaurants, when you're out, when you're checking out of a store, no matter where. Like, hopefully you'd use it everywhere. I don't know. Don't you want to be a good person? But if you want to give the list, if you wanted a do-over with someone, if you wanted to improve your relationships, if you're working in a team and you'd like the team to be more cohesive and more and have more camaraderie, that would be a great place to use honey instead of vinegar. Uh, to apologize. Listen, if you're listening to my podcast and you do not apologize on a regular basis, that's what there is for you to go look at. Are you, are you so wounded? Are you so traumatized by your trauma or adverse childhood experiences that you're trying to be perfect? Well, you could be. That would be, that'd be reasonable. I'm just suggesting that we all make mistakes and there's nothing wrong with apologizing. Apologizing does not mean you're an idiot. It doesn't mean you're bad. Apologizing should be a part of everybody's life in my opinion but it's not and it's a choice like forgiveness is a choice apologizing is a choice this is all a choice people and you can choose whatever works for you it, you would use this honey versus vinegar if you wanted to cause a shift 
You might want to use it if you wanted to soothe over some upsets or some relationships that kind of got off track, even if you didn't cause it. So sometimes things will happen and you're not the cause of it or you're not the source, but you can use this technique to get things going in a positive direction. So I said previously it works with mo most people. It works with decent people. So the question becomes, who would you not use this with? Or who would this not apply to? Or who should you avoid this honey versus vinegar? Well, in my opinion, and this, oh, and this is an opinion, I avoid being my sweet, normal sweet self with people who are dangerous to me. I don't need to be sweet. Now, I'm not vinegar to them. I'm not vindictive. I am not mean. I am not vindictive. I am not revengeful. I am not, you know, jealous or upset with them. But for dangerous people, I avoid them like the plague. Like avoid them, go no contact, have nothing to do with them. But I'm not mean. I'm just not going to be overly, like, really nice and go over the top for someone who's dangerous to me. So this includes, by the way, workplace danger. It includes domestic abuse, domestic violence. When you are dealing with a psychopath, a sociopath, a narcissist, or other person who's an abuser, or a toxic work environment, or a toxic or a hostile work environment, which those are more common than you might realize, and because it's extremely unlikely to work, so I'm not suggesting it. I'm not saying don't try it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying it's not as likely to work because people who have these issues are unlikely to, you know, come around and be reasonable, and they and they're clearly, often, almost assuredly, not rational thinkers. You can't have rational discussions and, and expect rational behavior and rational everything from people who aren't rational. So for myself, I would I avoid this idea of honey with anyone who's dangerous or anyone who I know is not mentally well. And I do unfortunately know some people who are not mentally well. And quite frankly, some of them scare some of them scare me. Well, one of them the police already told me I should be scared of. So, so you know, it is what it is. So that's one one area. Now, the second area for me is if you know someone, and this could be in your family, it could be at work, it could be a neighbor, it could be anywhere. Could this could be anywhere, it could be, you know, in your sporting activities group. But when a person has a long-standing history of being argumentative, negative, righteous, arrogant, a know-it-all, or uncooperative, or things in that genre, I avoid those people as well. That's your choice. I'm not, again, I'm not going to be mean. I do not ever go about to be mean or callous or vindictive or anything like that to other people. That doesn't mean I haven't been accused of that because people who are not a psychopath, you could be as nice as Mother Teresa to a psychopath and they are going to condemn you and lie and do all these terrible things to you because they're not rational and they're not well. But I don't do mean, vicious things to people, but I also kind of pick and choose my battles if I, after knowing someone for quite some time, get the pulse of them, they're negative, they're righteous, they're, you know, I will just kind of avoid that. I don't want drama. 
I, I am all about peace, P-E-A-C-E. -E. I want peace in my life. I don't need to be right about anything. I don't need to do anything other than what I'm doing. My kids are raised. I have beautiful children. What left, what's left for me is to, <laughs> what's left is for me to enjoy my life with a good man who's coming and work to change the world to help other people be happy. So of course I am going to intentionally avoid people with certain temperaments because th there's the drama and no peace with them. And another situation that in my opinion I would recommend where this is probably never going to work is if you find yourself where you're in the situation where you are the scapegoat or you're in a double bind situation, I certainly recommend you be nice, but I don't recommend you go overboard. This is a very toxic dynamic where you will never win. If you are the scapegoat, nothing you do is going to be right, in my opinion, in my experience. Same goes for a double bind. A double bind is a little slightly different than a scapegoat, but you have kind of like so close. It's so close for us regular people. I was like, hmm. Um, where you know there's two different situations and either one you pick you will you will be declared the loser um, so that's a lost cause in my opinion and and if you're the scapegoat or you're in a double bind situation or anything of a similar cast i would recommend you put up your boundaries distance yourself be nice i mean listen like why do you need to be mean i don't i don't i don't get that I don't get that. Now, sometimes people will think I'm mean because I have boundaries, and that's not my problem. Like, if you have a healthy boundary and someone doesn't like it because they want to abuse you or they want to exploit you, that's not your problem. If you have a healthy boundary and someone says, well, you're mean because you won't blah, 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 you just let that roll off of you. Your job is to get yourself mentally and emotionally healthy, have good boundaries, all the things I talk about in my podcast, but a scapegoat, double-bind situation, that's that I would not expend the unnecessary energy on that. And it's not, it's extremely unlikely to work with someone who is an abuser or is out to manipulate or defraud you. Almost never, almost never. And again, I have had plenty of abusers in my circle, unfortunately. Not that I knew that. I mean, listen, I didn't, I'm really hip to that stuff now. I'm really hip to that, trust me. Uh, so that, they're, they're, they're not, that's not going to work. But, but again, don't be mean. You can be mean. Like if you want to be a mean person or you want to be just vinegar all over people, go right ahead. That's your choice. That's your life. So to wrap this up, I have a couple final thoughts, which, uh, you may or may not enjoy. So number one, we don't talk very often about the ripple effect. And there is a big ripple effect when you bring this principle of kindness, compassion, sweetness, you know, having compassion, like there is like love, affection, there is a ripple effect. It's a huge ripple effect. Like people will say to me, how did you do that? How did you do that? How, how? It's like you're magic. No, I am not magic. I am in no way magic. I don't believe in magic. I believe in God and my religious practices, but not witchcraft or, and I'm not demeaning witchcraft. You do what you do. Like this is your life. You do your life, but that's not for me. <clears throat> but people will say, it's like you work things out like your magic. No, this is part of like the ripple effect. 
when you are kind to people and you are compassionate and you are loving and you are sweet, that will come back to you. Not necessarily from the person that you were kind to. Sometimes the universe works it out where it comes back through someone else. But there is a ripple effect in your life. And I promise you, not only is there a ripple effect, but you will feel better. I, the research is in on kindness. And the research is that kindness pays dividends, whether you're at work or in your personal life. So the reason that this ancient proverb or quote from the Bible has, is longstanding is because when you use it, you find out that it's true. Of course, unless you're out to make it not true, you can make anything not true you want. You can convince yourself that you're not good enough for some guy if you want to. Or you could convince yourself you're not good enough for some girl if you want to. You could convince yourself of anything, including that this principle of getting more flies with honey than vinegar is not true. Although you could, you could do the experiment, and I'm sure you would see you get more of all kinds of bugs with honey. The other thing about doing this is, you know, really is karma. And I, I believe, you know, in having the best karma possible. Of course, I'm also trying to get to heaven. So you, if you're going to try to get to heaven, people, you've got to do good things. You really have to do good things. But like karma, and they say karma's a bitch. Well, that's if you have bad karma. So don't have bad karma, or you can have bad karma. That's your choice. But this will certainly contribute to you having good karma. The other piece of this is that this is completely a choice. And it's a choice. Now, where people kind of fall off the apple cart, and I just did a podcast yesterday about betrayal or being conned or hoodwinked, is when they have been betrayed, deeply betrayed or lightly betrayed, or conned or hoodwinked or swindled, that is often where it's very difficult for someone to be nice. Now, I'm not talking about you need to be sweet as honey. If someone has hoodwinked you, conned you, swindled you, betrayed you, no, no, no. You don't give them like a pile of honey, but you could be decent. You could be kind. You could, you know, you don't have to be, you know, vindictive or revengeful or mean. But that has to do with you working through your issues or your emotions so that this horrible thing that whoever did whatever doesn't run your life. I hope that you would not want to have some horrible, awful thing that happened to you in the past ruin your life or that you would want to drag it around into every new relationship, into every new situation. No, put that stuff to bed. Now, we in society aren't very good at putting to bed our traumas, our betrayals, the times we got swindled or deeply hurt. And to help you with that, I do have on my website, uh, underneath the Newsweek logo, a free emotional processing downloadable workbook. It's free. People... How much more can I'm trying to help you have a great life? I already have a great life. Even though I'm in a wheelchair and I probably won't walk for maybe, uh, well, we'll see what the next appointment, what I'm allowed to do. Uh, I'm, clearly by the end of the year I'll be walking, but I'm hoping to be starting to walk uh, this month. 
fingers crossed, prayers up to heaven. Um, but we're not very good at kind of making peace with some of the painful aspects of our past. We're not. And that's okay. But to have this amazing life, it's helpful to make peace with your past. And what's helpful is to learn the emotional processing skills so that you can deal with your emotions and put things to bed. Now, the workbook on my website is version 5.0. And at some point, probably later this year, I'm not sure when, I'll make some additional changes to it. But again, this is free. There are some rules for use, which you'll find, which should be not a problem for any of you that have integrity. Now, if you're a con artist, you'll have a problem with the rules for use. But this is basically free to help the world get our you-know-what together because we are not doing well as a society, in my opinion, in the mental health area, in the addictions, and with suicides. So that's why it's free. Or you can go buy a book for 25 bucks. Go ahead. But make peace with your past, or you can drag it around. Like, you want to drag around your wounds, your betrayal, and be mad and mean and whatever? Go, go right ahead. That's you. I'm simply suggesting that you have a choice, and it might not be a choice right now until you learn some new skills, but you could learn some new skills, put the past in the past, put it to bed, and, and start anew, not dragging around this, this trauma and all the terrible things. And, you know, because, by the way, this is your reputation. And some people have a reputation of being piss and vinegar, and some people have reputations that are in between, and some people have reputations of being too nice or too sweet or too kind. Well, really, is there such a thing, if you're not being abused and you're not being exploited, is there such a thing as too nice, too kind, too compassionate, too loving? I don't know. That's a matter of opinion. And I'm of the opinion that, no, as long as you're not being exploited, you're not being used, that you're not over-functioning or doing more than your share in the relationship, that no, like this is what the world needs. The world needs love, the world needs compassion, and the world certainly needs a few more people operating from honey rather than vinegar. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 140, You Catch More Flies with Honey. I hope this has given you some new things to think about. Maybe you'll up your game and increase your sweetness, or maybe not. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. And please share this podcast on social media. We could use a little bit more sweetness in the world and a little bit more honey. I hope you're doing well. I love you. Hang in there for now. That's it.